Welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. Folks, this episode makes me so happy. This is the second in our Marvel-themed episodes, and I am so excited that Winston and I were joined by none other than Mike Schubert of Potterless to discuss everyone's favorite friendly neighborhood superhero, Spider-Man. I cannot tell you how much fun I had recording and editing this episode. There's a lot of nostalgia here as the three of us talk about growing up with Spider-Man as a hero in video games, comics, TV, and movies. Mike is just as delightful as Tom Holland as the most recent iteration of Spider-Man, and I'm so grateful that he took the time to chat with us. And he brought a pretty great pairing of his own to the recording. If you don't know Mike, he is the host of Potterless, a podcast where he reads Harry Potter for the first time as an adult and talks about a few chapters at a time with various guests. It is delightful. Since recording this episode, he has also launched another podcast called Horse, all about basketball behind the scenes that he co-hosts. Both podcasts belong to the podcasting collective Multitude, and I had the joy of hanging out with most of the New York City-based Multitude podcasters last week when I was in New York. There are links in the show notes to Potterless, Horse, and Multitude, so if you enjoy this episode, definitely check them all out. Seriously, these are all absolutely delightful people, and if you don't already, you must listen to their shows. Speaking of New York, my pairing for this episode was obviously New York Wines, you know, for Spider-Man. I wanted to share just a few things in this intro that I didn't get to in the episode because we got carried away talking about Spider-Man, villains, video games, comics, everything. As I mentioned in the episode, the two main New York winemaking regions are the Finger Lakes in upstate New York and the North Fork of Long Island. I just wanted to let you all know of a few producers that I like from these regions because I do have a soft spot for New York wines and I think they're underrated. From the Finger Lakes, as I mentioned, I was drinking the Forge Riesling, Finger Lakes are famous for their Rieslings, but there are also Kiyuka, Dr. Constantin Frank, which is also well known for Lemberger or Blaufrankish, as I talk about in the episode, and Brotherhood, which is apparently America's oldest winery. From the North Fork, some of my favorites are Paumanoch, Lieb Cellars, and Wolfer Estate, which is most famous for their rosé. It's harder to find New York wines outside of New York itself, but if you can find them, you should absolutely try them. Thank you so much to our newest patron, Sarah Schrammick, as well as our advanced, a.k.a. producer-level patron, Mara Zobrist. We love you both more than J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. If you would like to join Sarah and Mara, check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast to get access to extras like bonus audio, personalized pairings from me, live streams, and song covers from Winston. Also, fun fact, today, August 28th, is my birthday. If you want to get me the best birthday present ever, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes such a huge difference and makes me so happy whenever I see new reviews, so you will legitimately make this my best birthday ever if you leave a review. Thank you all so much for listening. Without further ado, here is episode 18, Spider-Man with Mike Schubert. Right, folks. I am so excited to welcome to pairing one of my favorite podcasters, Mike Schubert, or as you may know him, Shoots from the Potterless Podcast. Wait, can I do a fake air horn in your honor? Oh, please do. <laughs> Hello, I am very excited to be here on this very fancy podcast. Uh, oh, I, coming oh. from my not oh, my. fancy at all podcast. Oh. Don't sell yourself short. You're very fancy. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I am, but uh, I am honored that you are happy to have me on the show, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm very excited. So excited, not just to have you here, but because we are going to be discussing one of, I think, all of our favorite superheroes, figures in pop cultures, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man. He's so good. He's the best. He's always been my favorite, and he always will be. And he is perfect and wonderful, and I'm very excited to talk about him. Me too. And so uh, Winston and I often talk about, like, who our favorite, like, top three or top five superheroes slash Marvel heroes specifically are. And Mm -hmm. whether it's Marvel specifically or not, Spider-Man always falls in my top, like, three. Definitely. Me too. So in in honor of Spider-Man, I am drinking a wine from New York. 
because oh, to me, nice. c- to me, Spider Man is a quintessential New York figure in pop culture. And this is mm-hmm. a this is a Riesling from Forge Cellars from the Finger Lakes. I was hoping to find something from the North Fork of Long Island because that's even closer to Queens, where mm-hmm. where Spider Man is Peter Parker is right. infamously from, but. Um, it was a little bit harder to find those out here. It's very easy because yeah. I worked for years in New York. It was very easy to find wines from Long Island in New York City. A <laughs> little bit harder in Colorado and probably harder in Seattle as well. Yeah, probably a little bit, especially because Seattle appears such wine country with all of the stuff in Yakima that it's it's predominantly Washington wines here. <laughs> exactly. Like, why why would you bother? Exactly. Which, by the way, I love. Washington wines are some of my favorite. They are very good. They're yeah. very nice. Yeah. I did a whole like tour of it up in the Port Angeles area. Ooh, it was it was a nice. it was supposed to be like a three day weekend wine tour thing over President's Day weekend, uh, and my birthday fell over that. But my girlfriend and I went with two of my buddies, and we did just like a day and a half trip, where the one day we did all of the winery tour, and then the other day we did hiking. So we did nine wineries. In one day, uh, which is not how it was designed. It was supposed to be done <laughs> yeah. over the course of the three-day weekend, but we wow. marathoned it through, and uh, wow. it was delicious. Like champs, <laughs> yeah. like champs. That yeah, is... we we plowed through. Yeah, yeah, um, that is amazing. But uh, Shubes, I understand that you have concocted a special uh, special yes. drink. So the drink that I'm having, I believe the official name of it is either the Mad Hungarian or the Crazy Hungarian, uh, which sounds a lot more complicated than it is. It's just root beer and rum, uh, which (laughs) I discovered once because I hosted a party and the leftover things that I had was I had leftover root beer and leftover rum. And I Googled, like, is this a thing? And then people were like, yeah, it's a thing. I was like, cool. So I ended up going with it for this because... Spider-Man, at least my favorite iteration. I know there's all the different universes, blah, blah, blah. In my mind, he's a high school kid. And just taking a soda you like and then grabbing something random from your parents' liquor cabinet and putting it inside feels like a high school move. (laughs) So I figured a rum and root beer was a thing that like Peter Parker might make. (laughs) Plus he has to scrounge everything like from scratch and like cobble together all his web shooters. And I mean, I know he he gets the like Venom interior web shooters in some timelines or whatever for a yeah. while or like the bad toby mcguire ones yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> the spider-man i know has to make his own little cartridges mm-hmm. right okay so that's amazing i'm super i <laughs> that's gonna be my new rum and coke way better than rum and it's rum good and coke. i like it a lot i All prefer right. it to rum and coke for sure i'm not the yeah. biggest rum guy um, yeah but yes i i definitely do not have the full wine knowledge like you do in past episodes you talk oh. about very fancy wine things that i <laughs> that go over my head i'm usually uh you know oh yeah this is red or uh, oh yeah this is white is usually the extent <laughs> exactly. of my knowledge uh <laughs> and that's but, and that's sort of the point of this podcast because <laughs> i feel like the best way to learn about wine is through talking about Spider-Man and Captain yeah, America so. and uh, maybe one day Harry Potter. Uh, um, yes. <gasps> Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, with our forces combined. <laughs> cool. So you you already mentioned this, but one of my questions was going to be in the at least cinematic versions of Spider-Man mm-hmm. of the past 15 years or so, who are both of your favorite Spider-Men, Spider-Mans? After you. Oh, okay, so for me, it's easily the newest iteration, Tom Holland. He is the only one that actually sounds like he's from New York, which was a big thing for me because yeah. I grew up in New Jersey and yeah. spent a lot of time in New York. And when there was this superhero who is a high school kid that is from New York and talks a lot of smack, it was I was like, oh, my goodness, it's me. So yeah. I was very excited when, you know, in 2000 or 2001, when they start to make the movies. And then you see Tobey Maguire, who looks like I don't know, he he was in his mid 20s. Right. He like looked like oh, he, yeah, was he was six. Yeah. 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 He's supposed to be a high schooler. I was like, this is not right. So and then he was always crying and stuff, which was weird. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> and he wasn't really 
I don't know, witty or quirky or whatever. And then you have Andrew Garfield. It's like, you're way, like, you're great, but you are far too sexy and perfect to be Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, you're not awkward at all. You're wonderful. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I have to say, I did like some things about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Sure. Um, and I th- and I liked some things about his performance, and it also has a like very nostalgic soft spot in my heart, um, just because I remember going to those movies. I actually have a fun story. I remember the the first one with Tobey Maguire came out when I was in seventh grade, and in seventh grade I had two best friends, one of whom I'm I'm still in touch with, and uh, she sometimes listens to the podcast. So hey, Gina. Yay. Hey, we love you. Um, uh, but then my other friend who we're we're still like, you know, Facebook friends, but we sort of fell out of touch. Um, but she is the daughter of one of the creators of the Teenage Mutant T- Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, wow. Yes, which was awesome. And so I got to hang out with one of the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a bunch when I was in seventh That's grade. That's super cool. And I remember we went to go see this. I, I forget if it was with him or we just went back to her house afterwards and were like so excited about seeing Spider-Man and he was so excited about it. And he, he he really liked me. And one year for my birthday, he was like going rummaging through his stuff and trying to find like a good gift for me. And and he apparently he like wanted to give me a fake bazooka or like a pen knife. <laughs> and his daughter, was my friend, was like, no, let's not give her that. And she ended up getting me like a Dunkin Donuts gift certificate. And I was so disappointed. Rob yeah. bazooka. <sighs> yeah. That's so lame. So lame. But anyway, uh, so so those movies, and plus, I love Willem Dafoe. I think Willem Dafoe did a great job in the first. And Alfred Molina. Yeah, weirdly with the Tobey Maguire thing, I feel like all of the other roles were perfectly cast. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one's going to beat uh, the J. Jonah Jameson casting of J.K. Simmons. I think that that is. Oh, my gosh. J.K. Oh Simmons God. is so yes, perfect. He is so perfect in that. It's like, he's really too good in that. And I think Willem Dafoe did a great job. And I think James Franco was a perfect uh, Harry Yeah, Osborne. actually. I think, I think everyone was very well cast. Kirsten Dunst, eh. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst was fine. I kind of I have, I kind of feel that way about her and everything she's in. But sure. Except for, except for um, Little Women. Well, also the writing. <laughs> when she was a little kid, she was great. I felt like the the character of MJ was weaker in the first Spider Man movies. Like the the reboot of the MJ character in the new one is fantastic. Oh yes, I, I love agree. it. Tom Holland is the perfect Spider Man. Yes, I think we're all in agreement that we love Tom Holland mm-hmm. the best. But I did like the Tobey Maguire movies. I'm even one of the few people that defends the third one because I think there are oh, parts no. of it that <laughs> where are he gets really super great. emo. And... Well, I love when like the Frank Sinatra <laughs> montage when he first gets all evil and oh, he's like yeah, yeah, dancing yeah. through Dark New York. Spider-Man. I love the Bruce Campbell cameo. Oh yeah. Um, it's less than the sum of its parts for sure, but like at the time, the CGI for those aerial fight scenes was really good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um. And but it yeah. was also, I remember it was the, the uh, at least the first movie came out shortly after 9-11, mm-hmm. and there was like a big sense, you, you know, you're from New Jersey, we lived in New York, the, this, the sense of like community and coming together in New York is so great in those movies. Oh, yeah, the and, fact that they had the scene where all of the New Yorkers throw garbage and debris yeah. <laughs> at the Green Goblin when he's attacking Spider-Man, like, hey, yo, that's our guy. I was like, yes, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, very yeah, yeah. accurate. If you come for one of us, you come for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. When I just love, like, the more they make New York City a character, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Like, Spider-Man's always getting heckled. or like, hey, do a backflip. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's very New York to me. Totally. So... Speaking of New York, so this is this is where uh, feel free to zone out for a few minutes, okay. listeners, while I do my I do my little <laughs> wine spiel. But um, just to bring in a little bit of the wine wine stuff into this, wines of New York are, is not something I think I've talked about at all on the show yet. So I was sort of excited to do that. Um, I'm drinking a Riesling, like I said, which um, is definitely the the varietal, the type of wine that New York gets the most credit for right now. At this point, they've been growing and making Riesling for a really long time, so they've kind of dialed it in. Um, and they're really good, usually dry, minerally, high-acidity Rieslings, which um, I, I love. And so, like I mentioned, the two main winemaking regions in New York are the Finger Lakes in upstate New York and the North Fork of Long Island. And I remember, actually, some of, some of my favorite 
wines from the North Fork were actually red wines, which was sort of surprising because I you sort of only think of white wines coming out of that area. But one of my favorite fun facts, um, this is something I've talked about before. Um, one of my favorite grapes is called Blaufränkisch, and it's Ooh. traditionally an Austrian red wine. But they have Blaufränkisch. Well, they've got it kind of everywhere in the States, but it is particularly known in kind of the North Fork. And I think also uh, the Finger Lakes, but they call it Lemberger there, which is the German, the German <laughs> name for for uh, Blaufränkisch. Okay, so that's my little uh, first little wine interjection there. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of it's fun. I check out New York wines if you can, people. They're they're actually really good. Yeah, I don't think that I've ever had one, so I need to I need to give it a shot. Next time you're uh, you're in New York or on the East Coast, they're much easier to find there. So yeah, I've always lived it. in places that are very like regional in terms of the wine. Like I, I've lived yeah. in Seattle for the past two years. I yeah. lived in California, so it was all California wines. I actually lived in Paris, France, so that was like very. Uh, do they French do they make exclusive. wine there? <laughs> <laughs> that was when I started drinking Lol. wine because I I honest I honestly didn't drink wine until then because I moved to Paris, and it was like okay I can get a pint of beer for like eight bucks or I can yeah. get a actually nice bottle of wine for four. <laughs> so uh, mathematically. Yeah. yeah. And at the bakery too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Europe is both the best place and the worst place to start drinking wine because oh, you yes. kind of get spoiled because you can get really, really good stuff for so mm -hmm. much cheaper than here. Yeah. When I came back, to, when I, I, I like, I got there and the very, one of the very first weekends I was there, one of my coworkers was having a housewarming and I asked someone at the office, oh, so in America, usually you want to spend like 15 to 20-ish bucks at least on a bottle of wine so that you're not getting something crappy. How much should I be spending here? And someone's like, oh, as long as you're spending above three euro, you're good. Yeah. I was thinking, what? Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was great. But then the problem was exactly right. I moved back to Houston and I don't think I touched a glass of wine for six months because yeah. just, yeah. everything yeah. was just yeah. so much worse. Yep. That made me so sad. And so I get you're right. I like I went from no wine to only good wine. And then my my palate was like, oh, this is what wine tastes like. It's like, no, 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 no. That's what good wine tastes <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that which leads me to another quick tangent. Um, I'm sorry if this is if this is weird, but I know from listening to Potterless that uh -huh. you you went to Rice. I did. Which is where your mother went. Winston. And my dad. Oh, Whoa, wow. Cool. Oh, cool. Look yeah, at that both, connection. Yeah. Um, but this is a really funny story. So I think it was at your graduation and I was sitting next to your mom. And so I went to Wesleyan um, mm -hmm. along with everybody else from Wolf 359. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and the I believe the governor of of Colorado, John Hickenlooper, is also a Wesleyan alum. And I know this only because he gave a commencement speech, I think, the year before I graduated. And so there was something about Hickenlooper in, like, your graduation pamphlet. And I, I like, was sitting next to your mom, and I was like, oh, he went to Wesleyan. And your mom was like, oh, he couldn't get into Rice. And I was like, <laughs> I was like sick burn, Roxanne. Sick oh, burn. Anyway, that just... I just thought of that and thought you would both oh, appreciate that. That makes me really happy. Makes yeah. Me <laughs> yeah, dude. The first, um, the first musical I ever saw was a, a Rice undergrad production of West Side Story when I was like Ooh. six years old. And that's the only version uh -huh. of West Side Story I've ever seen. And I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. Well, that's we should so watch good. the, you know, like 60s movie of it because they're oh, making yeah. a new one. But there's all sorts of scandals coming out about uh -oh. casting and or maybe that's maybe that's the Broadway production. I I, I can't keep these was, things straight. Was Hollywood anymore. being all Hollywood and being like, we're gonna cast a bunch of like super white ladies as Puerto Ricans? Yeah, I think something <laughs> yeah. something along oh, those lines. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought we were thought we were better than Scarlett that. Johansson is Maria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlett Johansson will be playing the entire Sharks gang. <laughs> well, speaking of Scarlett Johansson, who plays Black Widow in? The MCU, the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, let's get back. Let's get back. See, I can <laughs> make. I can make connections. We did it. We did it. we did it. We came back. So yes, I think we're all in agreement that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man so far. Yes. Um, also, have you seen the videos of like when he was on the the press kit, the press tour? Oh yes. Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch just being like. Bup, 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 bup. <laughs> right. It just is his personality minus yeah. the accent. Yep. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. which is so funny. You you said that, you know, he's he's the only one who sounds like he's from New York, which I agree with. I had no idea until I saw an interview with him like a few months ago that he was English. Yeah, I only knew it because when they first made the casting decision, they said, oh, new Spider-Man. And the first thing I said was, how old is he? And yeah. someone said, it was these. it's like this 19-year-old British stage actor. And at first I was scared because of the accent concern. But then I realized... As it's, I guess it's easier for someone who speaks with an accent to tr- when you're trying to learn to not speak British to specifically try to speak like you are someone from Queens, whereas it's harder for Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield to talk with a New York accent and not sound right. like they're someone doing a bad New York accent. Right. That I think that's a very good point, Winston. You were saying in uh, our most recent episode that. British slash Commonwealth actors who try to do American accents either sound like John F. Kennedy or like like super husky, like oh, there's no time. We're running out of time. We've got to we've got to make a move. That or they're like you know like or the other Russell Crowe things will be like I I've been looking for you for a long time. You know yeah yeah like, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. like Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch does sucks. that a little bit as yeah. as Doctor Strange. Yeah, his uh, Doctor Strange is pretty forced. Yeah, but Tom Holland yeah, is a rare exception. It's a weird. It's a weird when I hear him do the Doctor Strange. It's like I can't put a finger on it, but it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, there's but something. You, it, but there's no way. It's right. not like he sounds like any particular dialect. It's just like maybe maybe it's too th- good. Yeah, it's something where it's like you are not saying any words with a British accent, but you still don't sound American, and I cannot put my finger on why. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, also, it sounds like it comes from the back of his throat where he's like, yeah. listen, I don't have time for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. So we we rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming the other night because oh, nice. it's it's so delightful and one of the things one of the things i brought up with lauren when we were talking about captain america is that i i love the mcu but one of the things that i think is often a weak spot are the villains in in the movies yeah and mm. i think that spider-man homecoming is an exception because i think i that agree michael keaton does an amazing job i think he's best villain yeah. I, th- I thought they did a nice job fleshing out thanos and infinity war but i think that in terms of a villain that you you just perfectly understand his motivation and where he's coming from and like the sort of dark character arc that he goes on. I think Michael Keaton is just the most believable organic villain in the MCU and, and and ultimately sympathetic in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I think for best villain it would either be him or Killmonger from Black Panther. Yes. Oh, I forgot yeah. Killmonger. Yes, because yeah. Killmonger, Killmonger at some point he says stuff and you're like, oh wait, I think he's right. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so some of the things you have to think. Oh wow, I've never agreed with a villain in a Marvel movie before. What the heck? So I would say it's one of those two. I think Keaton is probably the best of any of the just like pure villain villains. You could say yes. that like Killmonger had like some good ideas, but he went about them the wrong way. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But I think Keaton was good in. In terms of his backstory made sense because first off he's just a dad that needs money and goes about it mm-hmm. a bad way he's not right. you know some some like god or other entity because that's the other thing with, with some of it especially with thanos it's like it's like you know he had been teased in the movies throughout but i'm like okay so you just kind of have to take it as a given in, in Infinity War. It's like, okay, here's a big purple dude that wants to destroy half of the world. And now you can understand him. You're like, well, but okay, I guess. Whereas Michael Keaton yes. is just like, he wants to make money and he got screwed out of his job. So now he's using his old job to facilitate this evil job. And he's an overprotective dad, which is a very high school type theme to run with. Absolutely. And, and there's also, I think, something more to be said about you know, like capitalism and corporations. And it is it is kind of making a little bit more of a down-to-earth statement, even mm-hmm. though there's a lot of fantastical yeah. things going on. While Thanos, you know, it's sort of like on a mythical level, his, his motivations, yeah. which kind of makes sense. But, well, it makes about know. as much sense as the Bible. It's like, yeah. I want to destroy half yeah. the life in the universe because <laughs> uh, waste is bad. And God yeah. was like, well, you guys made me mad, so I'm going to drown everybody but this one guy and his kids and, and like, most of the animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I get it on that level. I'm like, sure. Fair. Yeah, good enough. Fair. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love that Michael Keaton is a, is a working man villain. 
Um, you know, because usually it's either like a criminal who like steals something or it's a, it's a, a genius. Like, or an evil billionaire. Yeah. yeah. I like Spider-Man's rogues gallery a lot because there's I a like lot of the too. psychodrama in yeah. it. And, um, I especially like Michael Keaton's character in this because it's like Spider-Man's the ultimate working class hero to me. Like he has normal people problems all the time. Yeah. That he has to deal with, he's poor, you know, he's not popular. He's, he's a fanboy. Like he's just got all the mm-hmm. normal, like things and uh then michael keaton is you know it seems like he's rich in the movie but he's done it by you know actually getting his hands dirty and working and so it's this kind of capitalism pitting the working class against each other is pretty cool yeah um so i like that part of it i like that and the other thing that makes michael keaton interesting is that he's not perfect in a lot of the ways it's very much figuring out stuff on the fly you see them struggling to use the technology to make the weapons and they're just in a warehouse and they like break stuff by accident and like not everything goes well so it's it's more believable in that regard because every now and then you know he messes up so when he is you know ultimately defeated uh spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the movie yeah, um, there like, will be a spoiler when, warning. like you didn't yeah. think spider-man was gonna win um yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> like i think when he gets ultimately defeated you you understand because you you have seen him not be perfect throughout which makes sense whereas i feel like sometimes in superhero movies you know the villain is just killing it and they're perfect and they don't make any mistakes and then it's like oh here's this little technicality yeah, that gotcha, lets us gotcha win little. because we did this very specific thing at this very perfect time so so I like that because it was a more believable Spider-Man. It was a more believable villain. They were both more relatable. It just felt more real, which I always appreciated about Spider-Man because, yes, it's superheroes and, yes, it's people with abilities or whatever, but it wasn't as out there as something like Superman where you have an alien and then he flies in, but then, like, a rock from his home planet hurts him, but he also has right. every power. Like, that was always not my favorite. I agree. I think that Spider-Man is kind of like the everyman superhero, which I just I just love. He's he's just the best. And yeah. Yeah, well, and I like that both Keaton and Spider-Man are like they're winging it the whole movie because mm-hmm. both the characters have winging it. Yeah. They have <laughs> nice. <laughs> we should put in like a little bell sound yeah, every time yeah, we yeah. accidentally make a pun. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but instead of like overarching plans they both have motivation, which is so refreshing because I feel like so much of the MCU like tries to reverse engineer motivation after they have the evil plan and you can tell. Yeah. um, Yeah. Or or try to cram like a huge 40-year-long story arc into, you know, six minutes of motivational Mm -hmm. exposition. Mm -hmm. But um, this one, like Spider-Man just kind of wants, he wants to do good. And this Mm guy's just trying to like make a buck and take care of his family and and so they both just forced to scramble the whole time. It's great because you believe how they would react to those situations. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that I love about Spider-Man Homecoming is that I think that it is possibly the most like diverse cast. Oh, easily. Not easily. even a question. Yeah, not even a question. And it's and it's just like not a thing, too. Like That's it's just the like... biggest is they didn't it was not an issue. And it was just it was the perfect like thing. It's the perfect thing that they should do for movies now where does anyone care if MJ is not white? No, yeah. like no. people, Why some people, you? of course, yeah, yeah, yeah close minded yeah. people are mad. She's supposed to be white with yeah, red unfortunately, hair. Unfortunately, some people do care. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, who gives like who cares? Yeah. So it was a lot of casting choices where it's like, yeah, what if Flash Gordon's Indian? Great. Or does yes. anyone like does anybody? Nobody cares. Like, I also I was mentioning this to Winston the other night. I was like, I love that Flash Gordon, who's like the bully in the movie is also, you know, like on the debate team and on the, or no, what is the the, the academic decathlon (laughs) team? Like he's like a super nerd. And I just love that. Like, in this little, which I know is because they're at, um, what's the name of the school for? I forget what they call it in, in the movie, but isn't there like the Queens, like, uh, Academy for Arts and Science or like Science and Mathematics or something that you have to it's test something, into in New York. Yeah, it's something like that. And I'm or pretty sure that's Bronx, what, but... it's at least that's what that was based off of because yes, yeah. Peter yeah. Parker went to this high school, but it was always established that he went to this very nice high school because he had people like Dr. Connors there where he had right. very professional and research professors teaching at a high school. I guess that was the justification of how it was a little more advanced than just like, oh, got to go to social studies now. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. That he's going to a better school. Exactly. Um, also, Hannibal Buress 
is oh, in the movie, yeah. and he, he is was just wonderful. perfect. Oh my god! Oh my god! And speaking oh, of cameos, oh, the yeah. Captain America cameos <laughs> might be like oh, my favorite incidental. Part. Like, what does he say? So your body's changing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got detention. Yeah. Um, Lauren, Lauren, when I was recording the Captain America episode with Lauren the other day, she told me, and I still haven't watched it, but apparently there's a compilation of they recorded like a ton of those, like a ton oh, of Captain great. America PSAs, um, and. Uh, and only a few of them made them in, made it into the movie, so I really want to go back <laughs> and watch those. Yeah, Spider Man Homecoming was really good. I do if I want to talk about. So we talked about how it's so great because yes. it's so grounded. One yes. of my first introductions to Spider Man. I don't know if you ever played it. Was the Spider Man PlayStation One video game? I didn't play it, but I'm pretty sure my brother did. Okay. I my my relationship to video games growing up was pretty much watching my brother play them yeah so there, <laughs> is a, there, is, there is a youtube video of like an entire playthrough of it it is such a short story that i think yeah. even just the youtube video where it's someone just playing the entire game like not sped up or cut or anything yeah i think he just cuts like if he dies or whatever that yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing is like two hours long huh. <laughs> so that's, it's that's very awesome. marathonable um but it is the exact opposite of, of Spider-Man Homecoming in that uh-huh. it is the most outrageous, bonker story, not down to earth at all. And it's got all of these other people from MCU in it, like Daredevil makes a cameo appearance, huh. The Human Torch makes an appearance, Punisher makes an appearance, Black Cat is in there. Uh, and then on the villain side, you have Venom, Mysterio, The Rhino, Doc Ock, Carnage. Uh, like it's it's this crazy oh scorpion uh Uh and then j jonah jameson's there and mj is there it's like the lizard is in there it's it's just the most bonkers story and all these people come in at all these different times and there's just cutscenes of like spider-man talking with the human torch to get advice and they just make no notice of it and they just uh, it's it is a complete 180 shift of the down-to-earth aspect of homecoming but i grew up playing that game a lot yeah, and it's uh, uh, it's just so fun. So in prep for this podcast, I just watched that YouTube video of someone <laughs> playing it. That and is perfect. It, uh, it brought I feel back like, so many memories. I feel like I need to I need to watch that directly mm-hmm. after we're done. I remember <laughs> an old arcade game, and I can't remember if it was Spider Man and the Avengers or Spider Man and the Amazing Spider Friends, which was a cartoon they made in like the seventies. Um, wow, okay. it was actually my first introduction to the Spider-Man yeah, universe when yeah, I was like I, six years old. Yeah, that's what I remember too. It was like him was... and Iceman and the Human Torch mm-hmm. and um, uh, Angel, maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, Angel from Buffy? but in the arcade game, there wasn't really any story at all. It was just like Venom would show up, he would become giant, you would have to fight him. You could be Hawkeye, you could be Spider-Man. Ooh. I think mm-hmm. you could be Vision and cool. Iron Man. I think those were the characters you oh, play. Oh, very cool. Um, but that's that was the first game I played that was Spider-Man. Did you I'm old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're old over here. Um, but Shubes, did you ever read any of the comics cuz I I did not. I sort of intend to go back and read the comics um because I I've just like heard so much and now with you know, the suspense building for the next Avengers. I'm very curious about what is going on in the universe that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I never, I never read the comics. I haven't read I was not oh, super in, I was not super into them either. I yeah. was more of, I watched probably every single episode of the, I guess like mid to late nineties animated series. I don't know if there was like an official title for it that yes. distinguishes it from yeah. the other ones. Yeah, no, I remember that one too. Yeah. So I watched that religiously mm-hmm. as a kid. I watched every single episode and all of the stuff from that. So anytime they did a villain different from that TV show, that was me as if like when you watch a Harry Potter movie and they change something, you're like, that's not how it was in the book. Right. My grounding for everything was like, that's not how they did it in the show. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was never super into comic books i think just because my dad wasn't so it was never like a hey you should buy some spider-man comic books type thing so definitely watched that tv show a ton uh but that was really more of my groundwork i know some of the stuff about comic book stories because that playstation one spider-man game that i had um Mm -hmm. part of the game was like the bonus feature thing is like you would find hidden in the maps old editions of the spider-man comic And then if you went into like the bonus section, you could read about that issue and it would describe in like a paragraph or two what happened in that 
issue of the comic book. And then there was always, that was always like the big thing in the game was every time you played it through, you could get a different suit. So there was all these different suits and they were usually based on stuff from the book. So like you would get the black suit and it, you'd have to find that comic book hidden in the map. And then it would explain how the symbiote suit worked and all the other kind of stuff like that. So I learned about comic book stuff because a lot of the Spider-Man video games I played the comic books were always like the bonus stuff and they had a lot of Mm -hmm. features there. So although I never read them, I feel like I knew a lot about what the main stories was from bonus content. Yeah. Um, I also, my, my brother and I were, we, we get along, but I guess we're just, we just weren't super close. And I feel that he really failed me as an older sibling because he was, (laughs) if you're listening, Ethan, I forgive you. But, um, but he, you know, he was always super into comic book, comic books, video games, everything. And I just wasn't, but not because, not because I didn't want to be, but because Mm -hmm. I just wasn't like. He would just go to his room and like do his own thing. You were and, like, I'm into witchcraft and metal. Yeah, well, that wasn't that wasn't until I was a teenager, but <laughs> I wasn't like six years old, and I was like, yeah, you're terrified of that. Yeah. Um, did you ever read them, Winston? I did actually. I okay. when I was little, um, I had a, like the weekly comic book subscription for a few different titles, and I started out with both Punisher and Spider Man 2099. Mm. And at a certain point, I know Punisher 2099 got canceled and then uh, they either canceled the Spider-Man 2099 or they were like, hey, do you want to switch to just regular Amazing Spider-Man? And I was like, no, why not? Yeah. And so I got some from, I'm like, you know, sort of like the mid to late 90s was when I was reading those comic books a lot. Yeah. Um, But I haven't read them in a while. So I don't know. Like after Marvel's the like comic Civil War, I don't really know what's going on. So I'm about to make another another stretch in in a in a wine connection sort of oh, way, yeah. um, because I was just thinking about it. You know, like you know, there are people who are like really hardcore about about everything, but there are sure. people who are really hardcore about you know, like just like I am sort of hardcore about Lord of the Rings. I'm like, well, I'm one of the people who read all the books. 20 times and blah 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 but this just reminds me of like you know the kind of like hipster mentality of like well i did this before it was cool and like Mm -hmm. i know the og thing and so we um but in the wine world because everything comes back to wine we also refer to a bunch of wines as hipster wines um because uh it's usually like young winemakers like quote unquote trying to go back to roots so to speak Mm-hmm. Um, of of winemaking and uh, and and so like you know there's a bunch of like hipster winemakers in California making like Valdigi, which is a which is a grape related to Gamay, which is related which is the grape of Beaujolais in France, which is south of Burgundy, and it's just like it's like well this is really you know how things used to be made and, and it's just it's just funny i don't know i just made that connection because sometimes <laughs> you, I, i'll meet with i'll meet with winemakers who are just like so ridiculous and outrageous and i'm like you're just like some of the ridiculous outrageous artists that well, i know yeah. um because because yeah because it can be applied to everything but i was just thinking about oh yeah like you know people who are like oh, i read the comic books before i read right. before the movies were even it's, like, it, it's the same culture of like nerdy territorialism is like you're yeah. not allowed to love this thing yeah because you haven't analyzed the crap out of it and i yeah. think it's the same for why like oh, well, you're not going to talk about how it's jammy and peppery and this and that? Well, then, who you know, who are you? It's the same with comic the books. The maceration time. On yeah. The, um, this uh, is also, this is something that I brought up also with Lauren. Um, so many, so many throwbacks to that episode. But she, but I was saying when I took my intro sommelier course, one of the master sommeliers, who's one of my favorites, um, who I think his name I can say, uh, Doug Krennic, he's amazing. Um, but he at one point was just like, listen, guys, at a certain point, you can analyze the joy out of everything. And we oh, were yes. like, totally. why are we here then? <laughs> but but I believe that. And I kind of like, I try to remember that in my wine education and in my daily life of like, yeah, it's important to remember the joy and what makes you happy and not overanalyze it. Spider-Man makes me happy. And, um, and I was just thinking in talking about it, you know, when I was growing up, I guess I was less aware 
of the difference between DC and Marvel. And so like my top superheroes like that I was aware of were mostly were actually mostly DC. You know, I was more aware of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all that. But then Spider-Man was always like my favorite growing up. Also, when I was growing up, the Batman Superman cartoon ran back to back like every day after school on WB. And so I watched oh, yeah. the yeah. shit out of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, I mean, my favorite, my top three superheroes are still mixed. I, I actually put Superman as one of my top three, too. Yeah. Um, uh, see, he is last place for me. I, like, I feel I, yeah, that. I'm not, I I'm not a big Superman fan. I understand. I, so I was always turned off to him because I think when when I was growing up, it was the same WB, like it would be back to back Batman, Spider-Man. And I love that Batman one. I think that's the one where Mark Hamill did the Joker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. untouchable. And that was just very well done. But yeah, Superman would come on after and I would watch like every now and then the beginning of an episode and then I would get so mad I would do something else. And there was one that <laughs> stuck out in particular and then I never watch it again because I just didn't like that he had every power. Uh, right, right. And I thought I was like, this is so dumb. He never gets into trouble. Like yeah. Spider-Man runs out of web fluid and then he's like, got to figure stuff out. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there was one episode in particular where Superman was he was flying. Uh, and then while he was flying, he used his supersonic hearing to overhear a bad guy meeting. So then he flew near the building and then used x-ray vision to see through the building to see this meeting. Then he like flies through, breaking all the brick with his super strength. And then he defeats everybody with ice breath and like his laser beam eyes. And then as bullets just bounce off his chest. So it was like a five minute introduction to the episode and he's already used nine powers. Right. And I was, I was very much turned off. I was like, okay, this is dumb. You know, yeah. dirt from your home planet hurts you. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll see you later. I'm going to watch Spider-Man and Batman, the guy who has no power. Yeah. I get that. I yeah. like, I like, I, I'd like him because I think he's a, he's an essentially tragic character. Like he's a demigod. There's no two ways sure. about it. You yeah. Know? Um, and it's not so much like, his rogues gallery or, or how invincible he is. I think it's that he can't make people better and he ultimately can't like mm. protect the human race the way that he wants to. And certainly not from ourselves. And mm. so, and because like I always was sort of touched by the idea that Superman can hear everything going on in the world. <laughs> like if, especially if he's up high enough uh, at all at once and, and he can hear like all the, you know, cries of pain and all that stuff but he can't do anything about it you know he can't fix it all mm -hmm. and that was always like a pretty attractive um thing to me and then i also like lex Luthor. i like that the main mm -hmm. arch nemesis of superman is is the smartest man alive and that's his only power he's yeah, just, yeah. you know that he's a big old nerd <clears throat> and he still like has an inferiority complex because he's like oh, i'm the smartest <laughs> man alive it's sort of like in uh watchmen with dr manhattan and ozymandias where mm -hmm. he's like yeah uh -huh. you're the smartest man but like that's like being the smartest ant to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I like those parts about it, but I totally get the like, he's, to use video game terminology, he's way OP, bro. He's OP. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's totes OP. Totes broken. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Speaking of video games, I'm super excited for the new upcoming Spider-Man video game for <gasps> PS4, what? which I what? have pre-ordered for over a year. Wait, uh, is it going to be I, on Xbox One? No, it is not. It's a oh. Sony exclusive because it's made oh, by Insomniac, no. and I think that they usually do Sony exclusives. But I'm very excited about it. I've purposely not been watching a lot of like of the uh, promo footage, but I've been reading about it, uh -huh. and it just seems really awesome. Obviously, it's independent. I think it. I think Peter Parker is, is college aged, so he's a little bit older and like more of a uh, veteran mm -hmm. Spider-Man. So you don't go through all of the figuring out my powers kind of stuff like you did in in the movie right. games. Well, that probably lets them bring in more characters. But the best part about Spider-Man video games, and this I first experienced with Spider-Man 2, which was notoriously like the best one they've ever made, uh -huh. uh, is just like the swinging around the city is just so much fun. Oh my God. And Spider-Man 2 was the first one where like it was a bunch of the city and you could just do whatever. And like, obviously I pop in the game. The first thing you do is just web to the Empire State Building and just go all the way up and jump off. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah. do all that. And I think that this new one is supposed to be also like crazy expansive. Like uh, it's mapped after real New York City. So I'm going to try to go to all the like major landmarks and stuff and jump off of everything. Oh but God, that's just swinging and going and just doing stuff is so much fun in that. And that was always the biggest thing as a kid when you that was the thing you always wanted to do is just imagining how cool would it be to be able to just swing 
along and just go. And anytime I visited New York when I was in New Jersey, if we were up there for a Yankee game or a field trip or whatever, I would always just look up at the skyscrapers and then imagine like, oh man, if I was Spider-Man, I would web off of that one and then I'd web off of that one and then I'd swing over there. Like, oh, it was always my favorite. <laughs> I think that I think that Spider-Man and the mythos of Spider-Man is something that really makes me feel more nostalgic than any anything like any other superhero anything Mm -hmm. else in the marvel universe just because yeah like that's sort of imagining like shooting webs out of your it's such a it's such a weird and random skill (laughs) you know like it's so specific it's right i was thinking about this the other day i was like how did he think of that you know like (laughs) like you know like most of the other avengers are like you know their 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 superpower is like makes makes a little more set like is a little less specialized i guess mm-hmm. um and except you know with with some exceptions obviously but but like peter parker got bit by a radioactive spider and now he can shoot webs out of his hands and like climb walls. well yeah depending on which it, version yeah. you're going D- depending on which, if you go yeah, by the one exactly. where he builds the stuff it's like you could the, what i like to imagine is that he got bit by a spider and then he can stick yeah. to the walls and he can't shoot webs but he thinks to himself well what else does a spider do i really need to run with this bit hmm webs yeah. i got it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really committed to this character <laughs> really that I come up with. don't put the game like, down we just found the game yeah <laughs> yeah so he wanted to yeah it made my improv brain happy where it's like all right you've got the get now run with it stay yes. on brand and stay on theme P- peter so parker is the ultimate yes ander yeah uh, <laughs> yeah Spider- yeah the web shooters are just the biggest yes and ever yeah <laughs> um so this brings me to perhaps the last hopefully the last for everybody um relation <laughs> to to wine which is just thinking about you know like peter parker is as as are many superheroes but a a scientist and or mm-hmm. you know very talented very big old nerd yeah big old nerd but who uses you know i mean there's always quote unquote science involved with mm-hmm. most most marvel uh superheroes avil- abilities but this brings me to something that I, I kind of don't talk about a lot on the podcast because it's not something that I know super well. But obviously, there is a lot of science that goes into wine. And there are I actually work with someone who got a degree in wine chemistry, um, specifically wine Whoa. chemistry. And there's like so much going on. And, and this just reminds me, um, my boss is a consultant for a company that uh, they call themselves Replica. And what they do is they imitate the style of certain like big brand name wines. They're not like genetically manufacturing them, but what they're doing is they're taking the wine, they're like chemically analyzing it into its like smaller parts, and then recreating that with, you know, grapes that they inherit and and making wine that tastes very similar and is way less expensive so this is a (laughs) i mean check it out if you can find it the replica wine project i think it's 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 kind of a cool thing it's yeah so science-based and so much removes like the romance from wine and like you know like the the idea of terroir and the winemaker and like kind of strips all of that away and just brings wine down into its very basic elements so to speak and so anyway that's just something that i thought of you know the for those for those of you who are scared of wine just remember it is just chemistry yeah ultimately yeah and uh peter parker would probably make a pretty nice bottle of wine he could probably analyze (laughs) analyze a bottle a bottle of you know Latour and and <laughs> see, I he think would he would it. he would like bungle it up hilarious. Yeah, like, <laughs> in Spider-Man fashion, like he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I got this like this thing of you know this little vineyard plot," and then he'd be like, "I've developed a new formula," and then the formula would like start to mutate one of the vines, and then he'd try to like you know they, they were or he would just have to deal with rain damage. Like my favorite part of Spider-Man is like he just. He screws up in all the normal ways. He does. He and in the stuff. not normal ways. Like he, there was the whole arc where he like grows two extra arms. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like <laughs> alien back. space spider. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He does yeah. some screws. The one thing that I thought of that I, I just realized, I think he's the only superhero, at least that I know of, that like you see his struggle of having a day job. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, exactly. he has to, because some of the other times superheroes, you think like, wait, yeah, what do they do for money? Like his job, it can't just be Spider-Man, especially because right. he has yeah. a secret identity. So you see him like in the movie, he has the pizza gig, but then in the cartoon and the comic books, he's always doing the photography stuff yeah. and he's, yeah. you know, he's, taking pictures of himself and, but yeah, then pretending that it's not him, blah, blah, blah. I think it's funny. And, and I, and another thing that brings it down to earth is that he actually has to struggle with like going to work. Yeah. <laughs> which he has is not built. a concern yeah. for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's and something that they definitely do deal with in the Tobey Maguire series. Yeah. And and he he's definitely like a, a photographer in that. And that they had I mean, well, maybe they'll get to it with Tom Holland, but maybe. But well, I think he he it, it is in the Tom Holland one to the extent that I think what's different about Spider-Man than a lot of superheroes is in addition to having bills and a shitty boss and rent and all this stuff He's also like they show how being a superhero screws up his life. Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. Batman and, and Superman and so many and Iron Man, especially like so many of the characters, you they're like, wait, so he's awake being a businessman all day. And then at night he goes and patrols an entire city and then he just <laughs> does that every day yeah. all the time. And Spider-Man's like, fuck, I was late for my date because I was fighting this monster. Yeah. And he can't say it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, Homecoming, they really it showed it. it up for him. Yeah. They, like, I know. It screwed, it, his date life got screwed up. His academic decathlon thing got screwed up. And it was this yeah. thing where, like, it was frustrating to watch, but it made it more real. In Homecoming, as you see, like, if he wasn't Spider-Man in that movie, he would have been dating an older girl that was, you know, at, at least in terms of the movie, way out of his league. Right. And then he also would have been freaking killing it on this apparently very successful academic decathlon team if they got sent to Washington, D.C. for nationals or whatever. Like, if he just wasn't Spider-Man, he would be dating a hot girl and uh, killing the, you know, academic game. But he's also got to try to save the world and keep people safe on top of it. And that comes first to him. And that's so Mm. relatable to me because I feel like so many people do that. Like, imagine people who are, like, paramedics, right? And it's like... You know, I spend all day like trying to keep people from bleeding out and keeping them alive till they get to the hospital, yeah. saving lives and stuff. And then you get home and you know, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot to get that thing for my kid, or like, oh, yeah. I screwed, you know, like, or I'm too wiped to have family time, you know, yeah. and I'm like, like, it, it hurts your relationship sometimes to be heroic. And I think Spider Man is so good at pointing that out and making mm-hmm. it so, like, the costs to his life so real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's something that like even in like a less dramatic way of that is like with me with having a normal day job and then also doing a podcast on the side. Is that sometimes, I, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, like sometimes <laughs> it like one can detract from the other. You know, you'll post a pop, you'll publish a podcast episode and then there'll be an audio issue and you're like, oh, well, if, you know, if I had more time to edit it, I would have picked it up. But I didn't realize until it's already live. And now there's this weird echoey thing. I didn't notice it. Eh. Or totally. on the flip side of work, it's like, oh, man, I only got like five hours of sleep last night because I was staying up really late because I'm supposed to publish an episode today and I didn't have enough time to do during the week, blah, 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 where it's like, if I was just doing one of these things, things would be great, but I'm doing both and it's a lot. I feel you, Shubes. <laughs> you are you are the Spider-Man of podcasters. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will take that significantly as a compliment, even if it means I'm a smart ass that talks a lot of smack because that is me, especially yeah, yeah. when I'm playing sports. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> nothing wrong with that um speaking of that uh one of our favorite things that i've still only seen infinity war once but still one of my favorite scenes in the whole like cinematic universe is between uh spider-man and iron man when (laughs) iron man goes stop embarrassing me in front of the wizards (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it and my favorite my favorite introduction i remember when i saw civil war and i knew spider-man was gonna be in it i was very excited and he stole the whole damn movie oh i remember easily the best part and the part where he's fighting is it falcon the guy with the wings i always forget yeah yeah uh him and then bucky and he's like talking smack the entire time (laughs) and the two dudes are like getting their butt kicked by a teenager that's talking a lot smack and they're like what the who the fuck is this guy (laughs) like who is this kid what does he oh he's talking so much that was always my favorite element is that whether it was the comic books or the cartoon show or the video game 
he's always in, in the movies too. He's always talking smack while he fights and trying to get in the head of his villains. And that's something that I would like to think of myself as a nice person. But when I play yeah. sports, <laughs> I am very mean and I am not nice. I'm very different. And I do a lot of things to try to like get in the heads of my opponents by just like saying little things that you hope piss people off because when people are angrily, they usually play worse. So right. I do the little jabs and stuff. So when, when I was growing up and watching a superhero do that and honestly at least in the show a lot of the times he gets away with stuff it's like he says something quirky they get distracted and then he attacks them with something and they get hit in the face yeah. with whatever he's done so for me it was like oh yeah okay you can use jokes and wit as a distraction to help you out <laughs> exactly it's also a very though i think spider-man did it first it's a very buffy vampire slayer thing oh, to do yeah. as well mm -hmm. she she always has a, a witty quip uh, to, to throw at, you know, the vampires. It's a classic. It is. Necessary. Um, it's very it necessary. Is. Well, and it's also like, it's cool that even though he does have superpowers, a lot of the time he's talking his way out of situations. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like Spider-Man will do the stalling for time thing a lot. Oh, you know? yeah. And, you know, and when he's like goofing off, it sounds like he's goofing off and it's funny and it's pissing him off. But he's also like buying time for, you know, whatever spider cam thing he has going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I like that, that even though he's a superhero, he has to like, he has to use his brain as just like any person would. I keep coming back to that theme. Yeah. And yeah. I noticed just that a lot dude. of, yeah. a lot of Spider-Man villains are more of like anti-hero. Like you have, mm -hmm. you have Venom who has a complicated history, whereas sometimes he's a pure bad guy and other times Spider-Man uses Venom as an ally in certain yeah. stories. Right. But then yeah. you also have, I forget his name and they're making, is it Mobius? Is it the guy who's like a yeah, vampire, vampire type? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know they're making another like, an yeah. anti-hero movie about him soon he's um, in um he's in punisher too i think okay yeah so you have you have that you have the lizard uh you have a bunch of different characters where they are villains but spider-man sometimes needs to talk them down just purely because they're either good people underneath or they need to like become allies so mobius is a, like was a good dude before and then dr connors is a good guy but then sometimes is the lizard uh yeah. and even eddie brock isn't necessarily a bad dude he just you know got the weird symbiote thing that takes over so there's these a lot of situations which i think is a very interesting dynamic is that he's not just beating people up all the time uh yeah. it's sometimes he has to really talk his way down and and we even saw this in the toby Maguire movies especially like he doesn't want to hurt harry's dad but yeah. you know right. unfortunately he passes and he respects doc ock before doc ock's power gets to him and like he doesn't want to kill sandman because he knows the thing and he doesn't want to kill uh i want to say topher grace uh eddie brock like as oh Venom. yeah <laughs> like he he has all these villains and same thing oh, with I uh i don't know like in every movie i feel like his he doesn't just have this pure villain and maybe that's what makes it more relatable or at least more down to earth is that it's not just like a Thanos situation or the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy where it's evil person right. that comes in that we don't care if this guy gets murdered. Right. A lot of the villains that Spider-Man fights are people that he has a stake in that he doesn't want to like completely yeah. just yeah. obliterate or kill. He's got some sort of connection yeah. to him, even he in doesn't... Homecoming. Yeah, he doesn't um he doesn't operate out of like hate or vengeance. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a dark past. You know, I know <laughs> I know in the timeline, you know, where Uncle Ben dies, um, you know, that motivates yeah. him, but he doesn't hate any of his villains. And no. none of his villains are written to be like exclusively hateable. I mean, maybe Carnage kind of. Yeah, I think he he's one of the few. And yeah. I don't know if Mysterio has a good backstory or anything. Um but yeah, it's 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 a lot more of villains that you care about the well-being of, which is not always the dynamic of a superhero movie. It's like, oh, let them die or get put in jail, whatever. Which I um I relate to because not to not to uh, bring up my past, but um <laughs> in in uh in college I wrote my thesis on it was a it was an acting thesis, but I had a written portion and I wrote it on um villains in Shakespeare. Uh, or villains in theater in general, but focusing on Shakespeare. Sure. And basically my thesis was that the most compelling villains were those who you could find humanity in them. Oh, definitely. And, definitely. and that's, it's not, a, it's not a huge, it's not a, like a groundbreaking thesis, but it's, I think something, I think the Spider-Man villains, I think to call them anti-heroes is much more, uh, much more accurate. And, yeah. And certain that's what. Them, certain ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think like. Definitely more so than in other other comic book lore, mm -hmm. I would say. Well, and it's a it's like because it's a working man story, it's kind of it deals with a lot of working man tragedy. 
you know, like mm-hmm. family members die and yeah. get sick and, or like somebody, you know, it's, there's like the metaphor of addiction, you know, like with Mobius and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. he keeps trying to help him, but then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he can't, he has to keep relapsing because I don't know. It's just that kind of stuff that people deal with all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to, just to close this out, cause we've been, we've been, uh, dancing around this a little bit though it shoes if you have anything else that you want to bring up i, I'm I think i've to... got it all out okay all right okay um, <sighs> i had a few things where i was like i need to make sure i talk about these things yes. but i think i've expressed them all yes amazing and i and i really do think that spider-man at least for me and it, i think for for a lot of people really evokes like memories of my childhood mm-hmm. more like and and so there's just this like not innocent innocent isn't the right word for it but there's just like a really like kind of childlike part of myself that i feel like comes out when i when i see spider-man like childlike excitement or something and he's your friendly neighborhood spider-man he is yeah. he is <laughs> um so i'm just curious um since we were mentioning this before who both of your top 3 favorite superheroes would be ooh okay yeah and then, I think that's from any universe. Right? Yeah, any universe sure. is fine. Okay, I think I've got mine. Okay. Um, my top three are Spider Man, mm-hmm. Batman, and then I always loved Nightcrawler from X Men. Oh, yeah. nice! And that was more of just like a I thought he looked cool and had cool powers situation. Because yeah. if I had to ever pick a superpower, it would be teleportation because you can effectively yeah. fly with it. And it effectively yeah. does super speed too, but then you get to go poof poof, which is way cooler. So yeah, it's, it's very ninja like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think like I had more of like honest connections to Spider Man. I thought Batman was cool because he didn't have powers, and then Nightcrawler yeah. was just a pure like that guy's cool. He's got blue skin and a tail, and he poofs and stuff. I I also so Spider Man and Batman are definitely two of my three. I always have a hard time. We've we've talked about this before. I think I've said Wolverine before. Oh, um, such a great. Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine is a great, great character, and we just we just rewatched Logan the other night. Oh, very what good a film. Punch to the gut. Oh that my movie god, is. it's so good, like, but it's also like, oh my, it is oh, so yeah, brutal. It it's and, not a not a happy film. No, yeah. it is it is grim. It is um, amalgamated grimnitude. Yes, all over the yes, indeed. <laughs> and also, just like kind of as like three point five, I love Thor. Thor's oh, just yeah. fun. I did not I, like Thor until this Marvel Universe Thor, where he's yeah, very silly yeah. and over I, the top. And that's another killer casting. I, call. I agree. I, I didn't have much association with Thor before before the MCU, but it's also sort of not fair because he is a god. And so <laughs> Yeah, going and, back to Totso P. Yeah, yeah, Totso P. Totso P. Okay, so Winston, what um, what are your in no particular order, mine are Superman, as I said before. Um, because of the aforementioned tragedy thing. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, and uh, then Spider-Man and then Captain America. Yep. Ooh, I think. Okay. That's what I, that's what I yeah. figured you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like my uh, aspirational and my inspirational heroes. Yeah. And see, <laughs> see, you, you and Lauren are both opening up my eyes to how Captain Cap and Superman are not just like the wholesome good hero, you know, yeah. in in the ways that I sort of thought of them for a long time, which I found kind of boring. And now that I understand them in a little bit more depth, I'm like, ooh, these guys are actually really interesting and dark too. But yeah, it's another thing I didn't realize until the Marvel movies. Growing up, I was always like, what Captain America? What? He's nice and he's muscly and he has a shield. That's yeah. he's got a frisbee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the power is a frisbee. But then you watch the movies. And the Captain America movies are the best of any of they the Marvel really movies. Good. Of any really of the like good. the ones that have franchised. Uh, so they're far. super good. So when you watch those, you're like, oh, actually he's way more interesting. So I don't know if he just didn't have a good cartoon growing up, which was my main source of determining which superheroes I liked was was the cartoon good. And yeah. I don't think the Captain America one. I don't know if he ever had like a show of just his I own yeah, when I grew up. I don't up. remember any. Uh, I don't he was just like a guest cartoon. spot in other yeah. shows. I don't think he so. did, but in when they did Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, um, mm. he's he and Iron Man are both like the the main part of mm. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There's actually a great crossover episode where Cap is like accused of this crime and he has to team up with Spider-Man to prove his innocence. Ooh. And so Spider-Man, good. Spider-Man Cap interplay as we saw in Civil War is basically the best thing. Ever. It is. It's so fun. Queens in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great. Oh, so good. Um <laughs> all right, anybody have any closing thoughts 
on Spider-Man or anything else? No. No? I think we've capped it all. I think we've done it. He's great. Yes. We all love Spider-Man. We all love him Yeah, there's just nothing I can't see of anything that is not to love. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say anything negative about Spider-Man ever. Like, I feel like a lot of other heroes where it's like, oh, you know, Wolverine's regeneration thing is stupid or like Superman's powers are op or right like the flash blah 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 i don't feel like i've ever heard anyone say i don't like (laughs) spider-man like how can you not he's just so lovable how can you not if you if you don't like spider-man there is something wrong with you i think there is because he's just so great (laughs) yeah he really is (laughs) because i'm contractually obligated to mention nazis at least once an episode (laughs) not liking spider-man probably means you're a nazi yeah yeah you're you're probably waving a tiki torch somewhere as we speak you're the same you're the same people who what a beta male (laughs) spider-man mj walks all over him he's not manly okay dude you should be lighting something on fire they're the they're the same people who are upset that mj is not white in, or, uh, yeah. the or that there's recent. an Asian chick in Star Wars. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Furry yeah. aliens, fine, great, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. Laser swords, totally. Yeah. You know, mind powers, not Asians though. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I saw I saw a great tweet at the height of because I feel like recently it was the uh, the petition came out about like raising money or whatever to redo Last Jedi, oh, yeah. make like a fan film or whatever. And there's like a resurgence of the hatred. And I actually just watched the Last Jedi last night, and I tweeted this out today where I was like, "What?" Are people just mad that the bad guys yeah. were white people and the good guys were not white people, uh, or at least not white dudes? And yeah. then everyone's like, yes, that is exactly it. Yeah. But yeah, um, pretty much. one of my yep. favorite tweets was there was this dude who was making this big thread about all the things that were wrong with the movie. And one of them was calling out Laura Dern's character, the lady mm-hmm. with the purple hair. Oh, I was I like, saw does that. this yeah. really look like someone that would be the commander or the admiral or whatever her title was of a fleet of spacecraft like are you serious and then the quote tweet was just like you had a fish admiral (laughs) (laughs) you had a fish come on you can have a lady with cool hair you had a fish (laughs) it was a fish man (laughs) oh my god oh people Uh, People. the worst but, oh, they're the worst. Yeah, at the end but of the also day, the Spider-Man's best. the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be like Spider-Man, people. He is the best of us. Shubes, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Sure. Uh, we've talked about it, but yes, yeah. I host a podcast called Potterless, which is uh, the journey of me, a 26-year-old man reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time. So never read the books as a kid, uh, only saw the first four movies, and the podcast just documents me going over a couple chapters at a time all the way through the series. Uh, I started off a little more critical. Now I'm just fully in love with it but it's a mix of either me uh trying to predict what happens next and being really wrong like i thought ludo bagman was a bad guy in the fourth uh or like pointing out things that don't make sense like when sirius black a like a convicted murderer of 13 even though he's innocent like everyone thinks he's a murderer of over a dozen people was found in the school they didn't send the kids home they just had hall monitors uh that doesn't make any sense so it's a mix of but then on the flip side like i rave about how amazing sassy mcgonagall and sassy Ginny are so it's a mix of like pointing out things that don't make sense me being very wrong about trying to guess what happens next since i don't know anything and then just gushing over objectively how good the series is and the guests always rotate emma is going to be one we're about to record an episode for uh deathly hallows so there's a whole lot of fun guests a bunch of full 359 people so guests that you have heard on this podcast have guested on potterless as well it's very fun it's very silly and i have a great time making it and people seem to like it so i hope you will too if you listen it is utterly delightful so (laughs) if if by some chance you're listening to this podcast and you don't already listen to potterless stop this podcast now i mean it's almost over so it's almost over so finish it it out you might (laughs) as well you're you're almost there (laughs) go ahead we'll wait yeah (laughs) good you're back yeah (laughs) for the last 14 seconds (laughs) well thank you so much shubes it has been a delight to oh, thanks for having talk me. with you absolutely and thanks for thanks for bringing your your uh spider-man cocktail oh yeah you know the 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 mad or crazy i forget the name hungarian yeah. it's pretty good <laughs> you know sometimes you scrounge together the stuff that you've got left over in your fridge and your cabinet and it makes some good stuff and that's what i've had today <laughs> well cheers cheers <laughs> Pairing was created, produced, hosted, and edited by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. 
If you'd like more information, links, and clarifications on what we talked about this episode, please check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, read, drink, and be merry.